right. Good morning, everybody. Praise the Lord. All right. Good to have you here this morning. Lots of stuff to do. Lots of stuff to talk about. Appreciate all the, appreciate the good feel in here, right? Presence of God. People that love each other. This is a good thing. You know, we're talking, it's yesterday, it's just, it, this thought is just so on my mind. But, you know, we're living in a, in a weird world. How many would say amen to this? Okay, right, it is really a weird world. Things have gone like really sideways. There's just a lot of things that are so strange. And the only thing that's going to bring this world back, if it can come back, will be the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know that? And, and that won't happen through half-hearted or wimpy saints. Right? That will only happen when we are committed to Christ. Remember what it says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony and they yeah that one's not quite as well known but that's the key one right there and they loved not their lives unto the death right when we're willing to lay our lives down if that's the way it goes or at least suffer a little bit of embarrassment or humiliation or something which is in in essence an honor to, sh- to suffer shame for Christ is to receive heaven's honors and blessings. That is really the truth. So it's exciting to see everybody get together. I, I love the energy in the room, the presence of God in the room. So important what is going on right here. This is the most important thing that's going on in the whole world. Not our thing specifically, but the church of the Lord Jesus Christ rising up in strength and in power and in conviction and in love and in grace and in mercy, like bearing the character and the nature of Christ and bringing that to the world that we interact with, the world that we live in the midst of. That's the only thing that's going to change this world because everything else is going to go further and further and further and further out into weirdness because the world world has no idea where it came from, what it's for, and where it's going. So it's just a bunch of losers who are trying to lead everybody else. It's the blind leading the blind. All right, I got it off my chest, okay? But that, that's important for, you know, that, that is to know that and to think that and to realize that. Man, it, it, like, we're on the winning team. Praise the Lord, right? We are on the winning team. And we didn't even have to do anything to get on the team. All you have to do to get on this team is be a sinner. Now that's not much of a, that's not a very high bar, right? All you have to do, well you have to do one other thing. You have to acknowledge that. You have to acknowledge that before God, that you've failed, that you've fallen short in your life. And I don't know too many people who are having a real hard time with the realization of that because that's just true, right? We mess up all the time. We go astray all the time. We get our our priorities all messed up. We hurt people that we love. All kinds of things happen. So it usually isn't really a hard thing to persuade people that we are, we have, we're fallen, right? That we've fallen short of the glory of God. Yeah, like way short, (laughs) like light years short of the glory of God, but God is working in us. Hallelujah. And I'm so grateful for what he's up to. And I'm so grateful for you. And I'm so grateful to see these chairs getting filled up. And I want us to pray more and more. And I appreciate Jules' exhortation before. Like 9 o'clock on Sunday morning, you're coming out here anyway. I know it's a little extra thing. But especially if, if, you know, if you're not saddled with a lot of children, I, that, that, can be, that can make things a little more difficult. But if you've got the freedom and you've got the time to come out and just join together, because it matters. It matters that we are seeking the Lord for his will to be brought to pass here in this world that we're living in. Can I get a witness? All right, good. Now, lots of things. This is Mission Sunday, so we're going to be taking a world tour here today. All over the place. We're going to Haiti. We're going to India. We're going in a variety of other places. Um, and we're coming right back home with Operation Christmas Child. So um, hopefully this will be very interesting for you. But before we do any of that, we have to do our scripture memorization stuff. So let's stand together in respect to God's word. And we will (laughs) quote our scripture verse together. Let's see how we do. Therefore, Having been justified by faith, we have peace with God 
through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance, character, and character, hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Not bad. Shall we try it one more time? All right, let's put a little more energy into this thing this time. Ready? Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance, character, and character, hope. Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Okay, now stay standing, so let's go into this month's passage that we're working on. For when we were still without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. One more time. For when we were still without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Heavenly Father, we come before you today in the name of your precious Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, for this access. We have access through him into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We will see for ourselves and be in your midst and see your glory and behold who you are. But even now, we can, we can glory in tribulations and difficulties because they produce good fruit in our life. So we thank you, Lord. Thank you for this place. Thank you for everybody that's out here this morning. Pray that we'll just have a rich, sumptuous breakfast on the Word of God, that we will learn some things today about what you're doing all over the world, that we'll be motivated to want to be a part of all of that, because your kingdom is the only thing that's going to remain when this whole world has come to its end. So we thank you, Lord, for bringing us into this and making us part of this. And we pray to be strengthened with spiritual strength in the inner man so that we can be the people that this nation and our families and our friends need us to be so that we can help them to find their way into the truth as well. So thank you, Lord, for your presence here this morning. Thank you for this time to be together. Bless our time, we ask in Jesus' name and for his sake. And everybody said? All right, good, be seated. All right, so, Mission Sunday. Why in the world do we do missions anyway? What is the purpose of doing missions? Well, you know, all the talk these days is about global. Everything's global. Businesses are all gone global. All governments, you know, everybody's pushing for this kind of like global agenda. Well, God was on that agenda a long, long time ago, right? And when Jesus came into this world, he, he came to give his life, to offer his life for the sins of the people of this whole world, right? For the redeemed of this entire world. And so God was already thinking globally. We're just kind of catching up to it. That's usually the way it works. God is usually a couple of steps ahead of where we are. And in terms of um, God's, the, the mandate for us, why it is that we do missions, there's this little thing found at the very end of the Gospel of Matthew, in which Jesus says this, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and behold, 
I am with you always to the end of the age. Okay, so the last command of Jesus, the marching orders before he left, the last thing that he had to say was, and when it says go there, it's a participle. It, it, it would, if, if we were reading it properly, it would say simply like in going or going, right? Therefore, make disciples. Because we're all going. We're all going someplace all the time. So it's not like you have to go to Timbuk3 or Africa or Asia or Haiti or someplace like that. It's not, it, because we're all going. We're going places all the time. And, and that's kind of what, that, that more, reaches more to the point. In going, Preach the gospel to the people that, that you can, right? Share all the, the words you can with the people that you can while you can. And so this is, the, um, this is the reason why the church does missions, because we realize that there's more to all of this than our relatively small congregation here in northern New Jersey. All right, there's a whole world out there, and there's a whole world out there that needs to know who Jesus Christ is, because they're either, there's one of two options at the end of the road, smoking or non-smoking. <laughs> All right, so that's the way it's going to play out. So we want to be able to bring the gospel to Christ Jesus, because no one can be saved. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except by me. We were saying, that's a hard pill to swallow, right? This, it's a hard, we were talking about this on, on Wednesday night at the men's meeting. It's a hard pill to swallow, to think about the fact that the people in this world who don't know Christ are lost. They are lost. They're really lost, okay? They have no hope of heaven. They may think they do. But it's a deception. It's a delusion. The only hope for salvation, the only place I know on planet Earth where there is a promise that you'll be saved. If you believe in Jesus Christ, what is that? Um, Romans 10, 8 and 9. Uh, for you, I wasn't thinking about this verse, so we just got to summon it up here. Somebody kick me off. James? Romans 9. Um, what's that? Romans 10, 9, 10, yeah. Give me the first word. What? If you, oh, if we confess Jesus is Lord, if you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and confess with your, no, if you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and confess with your mouth, you will, yeah, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he, right, what's that? That God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Okay, I really kind of blew that one, but if, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be saved. That's the only place I know in anywhere where it's telling you, if you do this, you'll be saved. If you don't do this, you're on your own. So that's why it's so important that we have that kind of, we have a mindset, you know, to reach people here, to reach people everywhere, as many as we can while we're here, so that the Lord can save them and bring them into the, into the mix here. So it's Mission Sunday, and we're motivated by Matthew chapter 28. So the first thing, first stop this morning is a place that we've been probably the longest of all the various different endeavors uh, that we've been involved in, and that is the beautiful land of Haiti. All right, now this is Haiti here, right there. Are you, oh, this thing have a... Oh, yeah, I guess we don't want to do that. It's, ah, there it is, okay. So, well, if I pointed at that one, it's not going to help you very much. <laughs> All right, but here in Haiti, this is Port-au-Prince, right down here in this little um, bay. Okay, Port-au-Prince right down here. Um, we, and, and wherever you see, if you can see them, because they're awfully small on this map, um, little red dots. There are some, there's one up here, there's some up here, there's some here, there's another one over here, there's another one out here. Then there is uh, Mission du Redemptor here in Port-au-Prince. When we've gone out here, we've usually landed in Port-au-Prince, then gone out here to Laogon, turned up into the mountains, then you get up through here, like Balak is up here in Comantine. And then when we got opportunities to go and take a dip in the ocean, we would go all the way down here 
uh, to Jock Mel. And so we've been here a lot of times. We've, uh, we've, we've spent a lot of time in Haiti, and we've been supporting Haiti for a long time now. I think uh, the way Haiti came about was I first, um, I went on a missions trip in 1986 to Haiti. Um, we actually went, you see that island right there in the middle? That's called Lagonav. And we went to Lagonav. It was like a trip to another world. It, it was like so primitive. This was 86. Haiti was in the middle of revolution. It was quite a hairy time. And so we, uh, we went there, and then we, had, we, we brought all our stuff, loaded on this kind of tiny boat, a boat just like ours, two weeks later sunk and everybody drowned. It's a long, it's a long um, uh, journey there from that, you see where that little point is there anyway, uh, out to that island. And that island is desolate. I mean, it's just, and, and at, the, at this time, there was all this reprisal because of the, um, the Duvalier regime, which had really abused the people of Haiti, been like a, this, this tyrant, this guy, Papa Doc and Baby Doc, these two leaders that, were, that had led Haiti up to those years, led, led the nation like tyrants. And there were all these kind of informers everywhere. They called them Tantan Makut. And the Tantan Makut would keep the government apprised of anybody, any rebellion, any insurrection anywhere, and then people would just disappear. And so once, once the Duvalier um, uh, regime was overthrown, well, Haiti kind of went into turmoil and, ca- and craziness. Um, but people started to take out their vengeance on these folks who were the part of the Tantan Makut because they were informers, they were snitches. And so that's, it was kind of like that, but it was such a, we, we, we sailed out there, we brought generators and power tools. We were like people from another planet. It was the, it was the coolest thing. It took us four hours to go 12 miles on that island in a car because it's just so crazy and so rough. Four hours to go 12 miles to get a little closer to the center of that island. I remember um, we got there and I'm walking around and uh, there's a pile of blocks somewhere and there's this big pile of like sand and stuff and I'm thinking, boy, they better get another delivery here because this isn't gonna last that long. Well, they don't get deliveries. There are no deliveries out there. The deliveries come because the ladies put these gigantic towels on their head, then they go to the place where the sand is, and then they fill these gigantic things up, like about a, like a, a, uh, something like a um, spackle bucket or something like that, and they put them on their heads, and they walk them a mile or so, and they dump them, and they go back and get another one. They do this all day long, and the other people are actually making block. They have a, so they're, they're, putting, they're, they're mixing mud, and then they're pouring it into this form thing, so every Everything is like handmade. It's just such a primitive thing. But it was, it was just so cool. It was so cool to experience something like that, to be like so, you know, not in Kansas anymore. And so um, that kind of sparked up an interest uh, for Haiti in me. And uh, you know that Haiti is the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. And so when we were thinking in terms of what will we, where will we endeavor in terms of our missions effort, this came to mind, and Carrie Babcock was already um, in touch with, where's Carrie this morning? Oh, okay, working, serving. What a surprise. Huh? Anyway, um, so Carrie was already in touch with this guy, Pastor Justy, Pastor Nicholas Justy, uh, who runs a, mi- a mission there called Mission du Redemptur, the mission of the Redeemer. And um, <clears throat> the, he oversees all those little dots that I was trying to point out on the map are all churches that he formed. He came to the Lord um, deathly sick in his 40s, like on death's door. And he said to the Lord, Lord, if you'll heal me, I will dedicate my life to the poor children of Haiti. The next day he was like instantly healed. And so he thought, okay, I gotta make good on my thing. So we started this thing called the Poor Children's Assistance Fund. And that's what it is that we're attached to down there. And they have, oh, they probably have about 15 or 18 churches. Every church has a school. Every church has an orphanage. The church is the only thing that's working down there. The government doesn't work. There are no businesses. There are no corporate Um, endeavors. It's just kind of a wasteland down there. So anyway, um, we went there for the first time, I think, in 2002. It was funny because when you get in touch with the the State Department, I talked to the guy. He says, "We we have two positions on Haiti. Don't go to Haiti and really don't go to Haiti. 
okay? Because it just, well, especially at that time, there was a lot of turmoil. <clears throat> but we've been there many times. And so I want to uh, introduce you to the work that we're doing or the work that they're doing and that we've partnered together with. And this is a picture of one of the churches, um, one of the um, uh, Mission Do Redemptor churches. A uh, bunch of kids kind of in school and in church. Uh, that, that's a very common picture. And that's the Poor Children's Assistance Project. It goes on all over Haiti. And here's a little description. The Poor Children's Assistance Project strives to demonstrate Christian compassion to poverty-bound Haitian children and their families, providing opportunities for these children to become leaders in their homes, churches, and communities. So, <clears throat> uh, so when we went down there, um, the, the first thing that they warn you about is like, what's gonna happen to you when you get into the airport? Because there will be a thousand people trying to take your luggage and, and help you. <laughs> and hopefully you'll get, you know, then it'll cost you like 10 or 20 or 30 or 50 bucks to get your luggage back. But it's just, it's just the whole place is just kind of mayhem. And governmentally, complete corruption. And it has been that way forever. I think the last guy was assassinated. I mean, the, the country's in a disaster. So to be involved with the church down there, again, is to be involved in the only thing that's really working, really helping these people. It's a joy to be down there. And it is so cool. Um, like, you know, sometimes we, we don't want to be in church too long. We'll put it that way, okay? You know, we, we put our time in, and, and I know you love church and everything, but there's, you know, there's certain, they don't care how long they're in church. Church can go on all day and all night, and they will be singing, 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 rejoicing, because it is the thing. It is the one thing that gives hope, that gives peace, that gives meaning to, uh, to their lives. So, <clears throat> I want to introduce you to the people that we're connected with. So this is uh, about us. This is a picture of Jerry and Esther Bryant. Now, Jerry is a businessman from Tennessee, and uh, he has been going down since, going to Haiti since 1999 or 1998, I think. And uh, he's not, you know, he's not a professional ministry type person. He just went down there and saw the need, and it just so broke his heart as to how needy the people in Haiti were that he just kept going and kept going. And they, they, they call him Pastor Jewy. Pastor Jewy. But he's, he's a sweet man, and, and we hit it off right off the bat because he's a guitar player. So we're talking guitars and amplifiers and all that kind of stuff. Doesn't take too long to connect uh, on that basis, but a real sweet guy. One of these days you get, you'll meet him. I'll have him uh, come out here. Uh, his ministry is called Peace and Grace Ministries. So we are being welcomed into Peace and Grace Ministries. And um, here's a little a little blurb about that. Do I have that here? No, I forgot to put that in. Well, let me come down. I'll, I'll read it to you. Okay, our ministry is all about winning the lost and making disciples for Jesus Christ. We are accomplishing this by providing leadership, teaching, equipment, and finances. Most of the finances set to, sent to Haiti are used for the schools that are in the, ch that are in the churches. Training up the next generation is so important in order to bring real change to the nation of Haiti. Ministering in Haiti is our priority. They are not those people over there. They are friends and family, sons and daughters in the Lord. And that is really true of this guy. He is like so invested and so connected in his heart, in his spirit to the work down there. And, and they look to him. I mean, he's like the... He's the lifeline. He's the resource person, you know? And so they're always looking to him. There's, all, there's nothing but need down there. But this guy is just a beautiful man, and his wife, I've never met his wife, but um, loves the people down there and, and just serves as kind of an apostolic ministry, even though he himself is not a, a professional in any way. He just has a great heart. And that's, that's the credential, right? If you need one credential, have a great heart for Jesus and you'll be able to accomplish much more in ministry than even going to Bible college or seminary. That might wreck you, actually. You know, depending upon where you go. That's possible. But anyway, so uh, these are the people that we're connected with in Haiti. And, um, and then through him, we are connected to the leadership in Haiti. And we got the the, the main man here, which is Pastor Richard Pierre. Pastor Richard Pierre um, pastors the church um, in Port-au-Prince. Um, 
I think we have a little, little blurb about him too. Yeah, we support the mission to Redemptor de Haiti. Pastor Richard Pierre is the president of the mission and we are so blessed to be part of his ministry. Pastor Richard and his wife have six children and they are raising them to serve the Lord. Please continue to pray for them as they work hard for the kingdom of God. Last time we were in Pastor Richard's church, somebody pulled a gun and there was like a complete, it was complete mayhem because somebody was claiming that the church property was there it's, and all of a sudden people were like hustling us out and getting us back out into the, the bus and whatever we were driving in, you know, but it's, pretty, it's a pretty wild place. The, uh, the, the property that they have was being challenged at the time. But this, this, this man is a great man, as are, as are all of these young Haitian pastors. They work, they serve, they make no money. They, they you know, they, they have enough to eat. That's probably it. And maybe as a leader, he has a car and what have you. But they, they live lives of, of tremendous need all the time. <clears throat> so what I want to do uh, now is to show you, I've got a couple of videos. Pastor Richard just made one for us. And so this is fresh. Um, I think it was just made yesterday or the day before. I called Jerry and Jerry called Pastor um, Richard and he put something together. It's, you got, you got to listen, you got to put your ears on because, um, you know, he's speaking kind of broken English. But, so we're gonna watch first this video with Pastor Richard greeting us and saying hello, and then we get another video of a prayer meeting that's going on in the mountains, where they, all the people from various churches come up and they went to this place in the mountains and they're all seeking the Lord and praying for Haiti. You know, now, hey, what do you think? If they can get together and pray for Haiti, you think we could get together and pray for America? Sure we can. All right, go ahead, Danny. We greet all of you in the name of Jesus. We greet Pastor Steve. We greet all the elders. We greet all the members of the church. It is so wonderful for us to talk to you as brothers and sisters in Christ. First, we have to thank you so much for all your help that you have sent to us to make the work of God stand up. We can tell you that when a place has a need to buy something, to help a leader, a child, a young people, there is a way we can plan to see outcomes we can solve the situation, even if we take the time to do it. It is depend depend on the on the kind of need when we have. We plan to make it work even if after one month, two months, one year, two years, but anyway we can plan because we know God can provide, and we can provide too on your gift, on your help. We have to thank you too for the love of Christ that you share with us. It would be impossible without this love to do anything or something. We thank you also for your prayers and we would like that you keep on praying for us for the situation of our country. Is there we live? Is there our family? Ah, we would like God use some men of his kingdom to live and preach the gospel with his power. We can make some miracles with the power of the Holy Spirit to put out all bad spirit in the young men, in the old men, women, and the children to wake up the mind of this nation to touch all the men and the government to lead them by His Holy Spirit 
to return our life to God to work according his word all over it at this moment we'll have peace we will love each other we will have a new country we will love God we will love each other we will love our own country eight and be faithful with God and each other this is the best way for finding the solution that we are that we are looking for to have peace in this country thank you so much it was your blood and Christ pastor Pierre Richard the president of the mission May God bless you. And just listening to him and hearing his voice again, it's like, if you ever get a chance to go on a missions trip, take it. Because it will change your life to go there and see what, how people live. And you'll come back and realize, man, I am living in paradise. I got everything. I got much more than everything that I need. We're, we're so blessed here. So, but we have to keep in mind to whom much has been given, right? Much will be required. <clears throat> so anyway, that's Pastor Richard. Now let's, uh, let's do that clip, uh, Danny, of, that, uh, of them having church up in the mountains and having a prayer meeting. awesome isn't it right is that cool or what and they get together and they love the Lord you know, Haiti is the uh, Haiti is the poorest country in the western hemisphere Haiti was dedicated you might say to the devil certainly to the gods of voodoo the gods of voodoo were prominent in Haiti since the time of its founding Haiti was created um, as a as the result of a slave rebellion back in right around 1789 and uh, the the country has just been mired in darkness it was dedicated to the gods of voodoo twice and it is the poorest country so these people are the hope of haiti and they're praying and they're seeking god and we want to join in with them all right let's see um you know a couple more slides here here's some of the stuff that goes on in haiti so they they do churches um, let's see, yeah, we need help, let me, it's easier for me to read it down here. Churches, we help with building multifunction buildings used for churches and schools. 
schools. We have schools in most ministry locations at the present time. Only four are funded through Peace and Grace Ministries and the Poor Children's Assistance Project. The ministry employs 44 teachers and school workers. Then it has trade schools, so they teach people various different skills. It has pastoral and leader training, and they also have women's ministry, and they also have micro-businesses. So these are all the things that go on that keep them occupied and how they teach and train their people and how they use the resources that are sent along to them. So, you know, the church sends to Haiti $500 a month. Um, that could be more. If, if, you, if you had a heart for Haiti, let's suppose if the Lord spoke to your heart and said, you know, I want you to help to support this, this ministry, um, we would be happy to put it as part of that offering and, uh, and it would be a blessing to them, I'm sure. So that is the ministry that we're doing in Haiti at Mission du Redemptur and uh, through Pastor Richard and his many different um, helpers in the various different churches all over the place. Okay, the next thing we want to take a look at here, let's go to India, shall we? Hope for Asia, Bible College and Seminary. And we got a picture of a recent graduation. Um, Pat, you'll notice, let me go back there for a second. They, uh, I think it said somewhere on that, on one of those uh, banners, it'll say passing on the torch. That's what they're doing every year. So this is, this, I think this is... Um, a graduation in 2017. Nobody has been able to get in and out of these countries ever since COVID. COVID has made like international travel almost impossible. So Dr. Cuddy, the guy who is there in the robe and holding the Bible, who is the guy that we'll introduce you to here this morning, who has been here. Anybody remember when Dr. Cuddy was here? He rocked the place, didn't he? I mean, this guy's like known internationally as a speaker. We were doing a nine o'clock service Right, so 9 o'clock service is supposed to be done sometime around 10 o'clock. He's 10.45 still preaching his message from 9 o'clock. Just going for it. But the man just is full of the Lord, loves the Lord, has devoted his life. He and his wife, Kamala, have devoted themselves to this um, Hope for Asia Bible College and Seminary. Their, their vision is to train 10,000 pastors. We'll hear more about this as we uh, get into, us, into this a little bit more. Let's see. Yeah, there's another picture of one of the graduations. I just got, uh, yeah, let me just pick this. Um, I just got a letter from him about what's going on in uh, there right now. I forgot to bring it with me. Sick for about the past two, two and a half years with leukemia. He was diagnosed with leukemia a couple of years ago, and it has really hamstrung him. He hasn't been able to go back to, um, to India in all of that time. He uh, got a good report this early this year and was uh, feeling better, and uh, then something else came up, some, something in his blood, and so he's going back. He asked if we would pray for him on April the 4th. April the 4th. So somebody remind me when we're getting close to April the 4th. Lorraine, you're good at remembering things and reminding me of them. <laughs> kind of one of Lorraine's great skills, one of her great strengths. Um, anyway, here's a... Um, this is, uh, th- this is the graduating class, the, the, the uh, graduating class of 2023. And uh, he writes this, um, it says, the following testimony is from one of the newest class of graduates. Um, his name is omitted for security reasons in the Indian context. Please understand um, that when he enrolled at Hope for Asia Bible College and Seminary, the English language was foreign to him, but to his credit, his English remarkably improved. He writes, to my dear president, Dr. Uman George Cuddy, I, on behalf of all the graduates, students, graduate students, Hope for Asia Bible College and Seminary, I am excited to share that we are certified graduate now as a Bachelor of Theology. I'm also filled with emotions and disheartened that we will be leaving this very place. This place has always been our second home, which will go down our memory lane. What we are today is because of you. The knowledge that you imparted is one of the most valuable things in our lives. The encouragement to live like Christ, to pass the torch, the motivation, an exemplary life, the knowledge that you give us will be our weapons for the life ahead. Thank you so much for everything that you did for us. We have nothing to give you in return, but it is our prayer that our good Lord will bless both of you and your children and keep you all. May your reward be handsome. 
We will uphold you in, pr- in our prayers always. My dear president, please get well soon. Please thank our supporters for giving us the scholarship to study God's word. So, you know, so people, people pay. The things that we send to them, they use to train pastors. Let's see, here's, here's Dr. Cuddy's story a little bit more. I've got to um, read, I think we have a couple more pictures here. Yeah, that's Hope for Asia Bible College and Seminary. And uh, that's probably one of his recent graduating classes. And they're passing on the torch. And then finally, we have a... No, this, uh, this is international ministry, so this is taking somewhere in, in Africa, work that they're doing there as well. But another, another group that he's raised up. And then finally, we have a picture of the good doctor himself, Dr. George and Kamala. And there they are, and like I said, like he loves the Lord, man, this guy, and he is 100%, he is fired up for the Lord Jesus. Here's a little, a little bio. In 1970, the Lord saved Dr. Uman George Cuddy while he was at the age of 14 and has anointed him mightily throughout the past 45 years to preach the gospel in 34 nations around the world. In 1979, Dr. George Cuddy established his ministry with his dear wife, Kamala, in Rhode Island, USA, and they, which is where they still live. Their ministry has grown throughout the years to become Asia for Christ Ministry Incorporated. Being a native of Kerala, India, Dr. Cuddy's heart bleeds for the unsaved millions in India. His burning desire is to train up a new generation of hardy soldiers in expository preaching so as to be capable uh, proclaimers of the word of God. Dr. Cuddy is internationally known for his dynamic and soul-stirring expository preaching. He is widely esteemed as a missionary preacher to the nations and carries with him substantial credentials and global recognition. He is the founder, president of Asia for Christ Ministry and Hope for, Hope for Asia Bible College and Seminary in India. It says the mission of Hope for um, Asia Bible College and Seminary is to provide a comprehensive, biblically, biblically-based undergraduate and graduate education in theology so as to equip and to mobilize a new generation of soul-hot, God-gripped, spirit-filled expository preachers in the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ both in India and beyond. Our vision is to train and equip 10,000 students in expository preaching through Hope for Asia Bible College and Seminary and to commission them for planting spirit-filled churches throughout India in the coming decades. So he's getting it done. He's doing the work, and uh, this is a great man. We hope to have him back when he's uh, feeling better. We look forward to uh, him and Kamala coming to visit with us again. Lovely man, beautiful man, and uh, again, just filled with the Lord. Okay, next stop, the Poe River Clinic. Okay, now this is a couple. Let me share with you a little bit about them. This, this is an interesting couple. There, if, you, if you go to Poe River Clinic, all one word, dot org, you'll see their website. He's got a lot of video in there, and the video is really well put together. And, uh, and Steve is, is like a funny guy. So even this thing, like he's goofing, we're gonna, we'll show you a little bit of a video of him. Um, and uh, it was the one video that both he and Jen were in, so I thought that would be uh, interesting to watch. We'll get there in a minute, but their story is really interesting. They're a young couple from New Jersey. Here's the, here's the info. So how did we decide to leave our homes, move to Liberia, and start a medical clinic? Jen, Steve and I were perfectly content not being purposeful. We each have great stable jobs that we really enjoy. We were really not lacking anything. Our life together has been completely comfortable. I am a CPNP working as a staff nurse in a pediatric ICU in central Jersey, and Steve is an engineer slash account executive currently working for, large global, for a large <clears throat> global company where he's focused on the New York City construction market. But gradually, we both started to talk about how we felt like we were called to do something different. We felt <clears throat> we were called for a different purpose. Steve talking now. Jen and I have been um, both on short-term missions trips. I went to India in 2008. Jen went to Liberia for the first time in 2010. It was during Jen's second visit to Liberia in 2011 when she realized the extent of people who have gone without access to medical care in Po River. The team she traveled with set up a day clinic during their time there. People walked three to four hours to be seen many arriving the day before the clinic was set up and sleeping on the ground waiting for the clinic to open. The clinic was run out of the existing school building in Poe River. 
The team worked from sunup to sundown. They ran out of medications, had no opportunity to provide follow-up care, and had to turn many people away without being seen. Many of those who showed up had gone months with illnesses and injuries without treatment due to their lack of access or care. Jen speaking again. I remember this one mother in particular who brought, her in, brought in her infant. One of the other team members saw her and her baby and asked me to look at the child because he looked very sick. This child was totally emaciated, pale, and appeared to be about three months old. He was actually one year. His eyes were sunken in, his, his abdomen was scaphoid, and he was lacking the muscle and fat that an infant of one year should have. Except for the fact that you could see his ribs moving each time he took a breath, he appeared to be lifeless. He had obviously been sick for quite some time. The team did not have the supplies to treat an infant in his condition, and we advised the mother to take the infant to the nearest clinic. The nearest clinic was in Sesto City, a nine-mile hike through the bush, a one-and-a-half-mile canoe trip across the Sestos River, and another four- to five-mile hike through um, the town. The mother stated she needed to go home first, a three-hour walk, uh, and, she would go to the, uh, and that she would go to the clinic the next day. I told her I didn't think the child could wait another day to be seen. She needed to go now. When I came to learn, when, what I came to learn was that the mother had lost her husband a year ago about the same time that this infant was born. She had three other children at home to care for. In order to take her infant to the clinic, she needed to go home and make arrangements uh, for her other children and pay someone in her village to care for them while she was away, which could be days or weeks with money she didn't have. From stories like this, it was obvious there was a need for a clinic in Poe River, but due to a lack of resources, we knew a clinic was more of a pipe dream than a reality. It's funny how God, things works, out, how God works things out sometimes when we least expect it. Uh, let me, anyway, <clears throat> so anyway, this couple just felt as though they were not fulfilling something that was burning in them, and so they just decided to kind of throw it all up, all up in the air and go and start a clinic in Liberia. <clears throat> and they've been doing this successfully. They are now in the process of building uh, another building which has a, uh, a basketball court and a volleyball court and place for kids to play, and it, it is improving the, uh, the, the entire medical operation. Let me see if I can just, okay. <clears throat> Let me just, we're kind of running out of time here this morning. I got left stuff left to do. Um, anyway, so we have, um, maybe we can show that video now, Danny. We've got a, um, this, this video um, is on their website. It's called Bush Life, Life Without Running Water. Hi, I'm Jen Butwell, the better half of the Bush Life duo. Probably the most noticeable difference between our life here in the bush and life in other parts of the world is our lack of running water. Over the years, we've become really conscious about how much water we use uh, because every ounce we use has to be carried from its source to our house. So uh, water conservation has become a natural default in our lives. So we just hope this video will give you a glimpse into what life can be like without running water. Hi, I'm Steve Butwell, and this is Bush Life, where we meet real people and real communities and see how they problem solve and use creative solutions to both enjoy life and get stuff done. So we're walking this morning to get water and it's raining outside. So even when it's raining, you still need water for cooking and washing clothes and doing all the normal things you do around the house.
So now these, these are called gallons. <laughs> and they're actually five gallon containers that, that come in filled with vegetable oil. And after the vegetable oil is sold, then they sell these off. Um, and these are the, the typical jerry can that you'd haul water from uh, a pump or from the swamp or from anywhere that you need to be moving water. They're, they're five gallons filled with water. They're approximately 40, 40 pounds, so manageable to carry uh, some distance, but, but they're heavy. The Liberian gallon, that's actually five gallons. So it's really confusing. All right, you've got your poopy diaper. So what we're gonna do first is we're gonna drop as much as we can off of this. All right, now the rest of this is going in here. Okay, now we're gonna clean everything. We're not washing the diapers and the, the cloth, washcloths. We're just getting, trying to get most of the poop out of it. And then it'll get washed in the laundry later in the week. So this is a pig's foot barrel and they come into Liberia from Sweden filled with salted pig's feet. And when all the pig's feet are sold, then they sell the barrel. And it's a 15 gallon container. It's great for holding water. And the pig's foot barrel is the, is the barrel of choice in Liberia. So dishwashing. Uh, it's pretty much self-explanatory, but we have a double sink, so one soapy side, one rinse side. Most uh, families out here will probably use a plastic wash basin or their largest um, cooking pot to do their dishes. You pack your dishes and you pour soap on the side. You wash your dishes and you rinse it. Okay, when you, when you put the water in the top to wash the clothes, you wash it on the rug for the first time. Then you put it in the second top, you wash it with your hands, that's how you rinse it. That's amazing, isn't it? Right? You know, we're, it, it's five after 12, and if I try to push this, it's gonna be 12.30. And I would rather not do that. I, I would rather kind of keep it within the normal boundaries so you're not feeling anxious because you gotta, maybe gotta go somewhere or something like that. And Jamie and I just talked, and we can kind of show you part two next Sunday. But the thing I, I want, as we're ending this, you're a part of all of that. The money that we send to them, helps them to get stuff done. And we can do more. Um, we, don't, you, we don't normally take a missions offering at some particular time. We probably should, we probably should um, do that, right? So we could do that next week, and next week you could come thinking in terms of being able to give to the, the missions program. But we're connected to all kinds of things that are really, really helping people. And we, I remember when we were in Uganda with them carrying um, those five-gallon cans of water Right when we went to, to Uganda, I mean, we, we were right on the shore of Lake Victoria and we were building a basketball court and it needed lots of water. And so we were carrying water like that all day long, probably like 200 yards, fill them up, Lake Victoria, walk them out. And I mean, that's a day's work. But it's just amazing. Like th this is reality for, 
for these folks, and it's reality for about probably three quarters of the world, if not more, or at least three-fifths of the world, just the way that it really is. So when we're, when we're doing things, we're, we're doing things that really matter. And it's the wonderful thing about the church of the Lord Jesus Christ that it is all for one and one for all. And so the more we kind of catch the vision and see what it is, first of all, just to see the need, which is massive. And then, to, and then you come back and you realize, man, I am so crazy blessed. You know, I've never, have you ever, you know, had a hungry day? Pro- probably hardly unless you chose to have one. You know, have we ever been without things that we needed? You know, rarely, if ever. It was a gigantic struggle going through something like COVID and, you know, we're all kvetching about that and everything else. But it's just a whole nother world. I'm glad to be able to have shown you this today and we can, we can follow it up next week because I, I just don't want to rush it through because it's, it's very valuable. I think it will inspire you to, uh, to realize, first of all, how blessed we are and then second of all, how we can be uh, of better assistance to these uh, great works. So <clears throat> next week we'll be talking about a ministry called Surge Ministries, which, um, which is the kind of the, the child of uh, Larry Stockstill. Larry Stockstill is pastor of Bethany Church in Louisiana, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, big church in there. They're really, he, they, he and his elders divided the world up into 12 sections, and they said, okay, we'll just will send teams to each one, and hold, or they do nothing but plant churches. They've planted thousands of churches. I had a couple more slides here where like last week they planted like 320 churches. So the, sometimes it looks like, you know, the light is going out here in America because, you know, we're becoming so distant from the gospel and distant from the truth, and so our whole culture is going upside down. It's nothing but crazy lies and falsehood and misrepresentation, all this kind of stuff, right? But God is moving in places, and he's moving among people who need, you know, who, whose, whose needs are desperate and tangible. So it's wonderful for us to be able to be a part of all this stuff. So let me just close in prayer. And... Uh, as we do, let's say, well, let me just close in prayer. Next week when we come, we will pray for all of these missions. So if you want to get here early and be here for the nine o'clock thing, we can gather together. We can pray for Poe River and uh, Jen and um, Steve. <laughs> this is not good. <laughs> What's this guy's name again? <laughs> this is not good, folks. Heavenly Father, we take a, a moment here to, to bless you, to praise you. Because the only thing that makes this world a better world is because Jesus came into this world and brought the light and brought the truth. And that appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ radically impacted this world and brought life and truth and freedom into this world for us. And we have hope now. And so we thank you so much. And, and we look at these videos from other places and we realize how, how incredibly richly blessed we are. And there's no good reason for it. We're not better than anybody. Doesn't, we just happen to be born here and they happen to be born there. So even with that in mind, remove, I pray, Lord, all, all notions of prejudice and bias and all this silliness that so often is part of our outlook and part of our psychological mindset. And uh, Lord, may we love with the love of Jesus. So we thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Thank you that you're using our little church here to bless people in places all over the world. And may we do more and more and more because when it's all done, it's going to be a glorious kingdom that will stand forever and you will be honored and glorified as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So we bless you, we thank you, we praise you, Lord, for all that you are doing and all that you have done. And we pray that you will inspire and rally us now as we go forward, because our nation needs us, our families need us, our, church, our neighbors need us, the people all, all around us need us to really be filled with the Spirit of God, to really be followers and not just fans. People who really have accepted the challenge to walk with Jesus in this world and be, belong to him. So we thank you, Lord. I thank you for what you're building here. This is so awesome. This is so awesome that what you're building here and what you're doing here. And I'm just so, I'm so blown away to be a part of it. 
So thank you, Lord, for all that's going on here. Inspire us and encourage us and bless us and make us a blessing to everybody that we can be. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said...